You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow! Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if you told it. Mm-hmm. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? What is going on in Hollywood? Um, Lots. Lots is going on in Hollywood. But you know, there was once upon a time. In in Hollywood. In Hollywood. In Hollywood, once yeah. Once upon a time. Yeah. Sounds like a story. I know, right? Once upon a time in Hollywood, mm. there was an actress and her name... Wait. They made a movie about <laughs> this, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Oh, is this the film we're doing it this on? This is the film we're doing it on. But before we get there, this is the movie show on Active FM. I am Sash. And my he name is Ryan. Ryan. And we're doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. So this film was made and directed. But Can I just, <laughs> Ryan, I, okay, my heart is so full. <laughs> you know, I've been complaining how the yeah. movies this year have sucked. Yeah. It was so refreshing to watch a movie that is a proper film. This, this made my heart happy. I'd actually watched this. So it came out in 2019. It's a 2019 film. And I watched it in 2019. And We'll get to the storyline now, but I was like, what? the storyline like freaked me out, but I didn't know the background behind it. So like now that I understand the Wait, background. the storyline freaked you out. Like, okay. While you were watching it, were you freaked no, out? No. Okay. The ending. The ending. I was, I enjoyed it. And then the ending, I was just like, huh? But we're going to get to that. But then watching it again. So I, I, I'd, I watched it this time knowing what happened. Oh, it was beautiful. The little things that Quentin Tarantino does, the the everything from from like stupid things. Like I don't know if you noticed in the beginning of the film, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt get into the car. Brad Pitt's on this side, Leonardo's on this side. Yeah. But then the titles that come up that show their names, oh, they the swapped. So they ha- I was just like, that's 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 Quentin Tarantino for yeah. you, right there. I appreciate. Honestly, Quentin Tarantino. I feel like him and Guy Ritchie are my two favorite directors. I'm actually giving it to them. Like, Quentin maybe more so. I feel like I want to watch... I'm going to do a test. I'm going to watch Guy Ritchie films and Quentin's films and then be like, okay, my final decision is... But this movie was stunning. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I even loved the credits. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed the film as an... It was such an awesome experience for me. I literally felt like I was in Hollywood in the 1960s. Right, the 1960s. Mm. Okay, so just to give you background, I personally feel like I wish I had known this, the, the back, or because this is actually based on a true life event, which Quentin Tarantino often does. But I wish I yeah. knew the, the, the true life event before watching it, just because I think I would have not had the, 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 the reaction I had to it, because I wasn't expecting the ending to be what the ending was so when it happened i was just like what why did we do why would you even go there but then realizing i was like oh it's actually so to to give you background right this whole film is actually based on the murder of an actress named sharon tate who was murdered in the 1960s and she was murdered by what was known as the Manson family, which wasn't actually a family. It was actually an occult of like hippie type people who wanted to 
be in a band and then there was a guy named Terry who didn't he basically didn't give them the record deal and then in revenge they they knew that Sharon Tate and her husband had moved into Terry's old house so he wasn't staying in the the house he he the the original guy thought he was staying in but they decided to go ahead with the murders anyway and she was actually murdered it was actually a, a it was horrific the murder for me personally it was a satanic um sacrifice just because they stabbed them more times than necessary like they didn't need to be stabbed like they were dead and they kept stabbing them and then they took the the blood of sharon tate and wrote on the wall i think uh death to pigs or something like that but they actually wrote it in blood and she was pregnant at the time she was seven months pregnant so like literally for me it was just a satanic sacrifice like blatantly but obviously it was very um horrifying but now what quentin tarantino did is and he often does this if you look at at his other movies as well he he does this he takes a very dark moment in history and alters it and almost corrects historical wrongs by providing a hollywood style happy ending so if you look at all of his films like Django Unchained, which was based on all of like the slavery that happened to African Americans, if you look at like Inglorious, the the men that were born out of wedlock, um, that was obviously the whole Nazi regime thing. But what he so he'll take a historical event that actually had a very tragic ending, and he'll give it a Hollywood style happy ending. And yeah, so with this, she actually doesn't die in the end. Sharon Tate's the, the the character Sharon Tate doesn't die. Instead, he brings in two fictional characters, which are Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's characters, and they step in and kind of like save the day. But their characters, even though they're based on actual actors at the time, so like Leonardo DiCaprio's character was based on, you know, the Western style, yeah. like those type of actors. And even Brad Pitt's uh, stuntman, he's based on an actual person. They're fictional characters within the story. So they were never there. And that's hence why Sharon Tate got ma- uh, got killed and murdered. But I, just the way he tells the story and the, the, the his decision to do that, I was just like, I loved it. Knowing that now, I love it even more. I, that's why I'm saying I wish I knew about her murder when I watched it because then you you would have watched it expecting her to die. Mm. So you're like, ah, oh, okay, she's going to die. That's that's Sharon Tate. And then at the end, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I wish that actually happened. But I didn't have that experience, unfortunately, because I didn't know. So I was like, what the hell happened here? What? Sounds like a very similar experience I had with everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, for real? Yeah, because <laughs> uh, during the film, I'm just like, what the heck? And then afterwards, you find out, you're like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. No, now. but during, so this one is different in that it's only the ending that got me. So the rest of the film, I was like, this uh, is beautiful. Because okay. the ending, yeah. the film like goes and it's going and it's yeah. going. And then suddenly the ending's just like, what and also it's very it's very bloody and gory and gro- like very blood and that is quentin's um style so watching it i was just like Ugh. and also what i saw a review where the guy actually said the murders of sharon tate were very gruesome they were very gruesome so by flipping it and having the people that actually committed the murder being murdered in that gruesome manner was kind of it was his way of like fixing the wrong that was done yeah but it was very bloody and very, ooh, when brad pitt takes the chick's head and yeah, i was just like ah yeah it was it was very intense i had to watch this film by myself 
<laughs> yeah, because we we started the film. The language is absolutely not yeah. great, uh, especially uh, parts where, um, yeah, characters get upset Angry. when their emotions uh, climb, and then more swear swearing comes out. And there are, there, there are times where the swearing is unnecessary. So then I was just like, okay. <laughs> so then I, 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 there was an agreement that I made with my wife to watch it by myself, and they were okay with that, and I enjoyed it by myself. Yes. I think the the swearing for me is the only bad thing about the film. Like mm. I can't actually. I I enjoyed everything else. I do think though, I'm not saying I agree with the swearing. I just think it's very. Um, realistic to the industry because it is it's telling you a story about hollywood and actors it's not the the pretty things you see on screen it's the life behind all of that and like i know they go to the playboy mansion and i mean there's there's so much that happens there like so much injustice that has actually happened at those parties and yeah. so like i just think it's they actually they i, I think they candy coated even what goes down in and uh, behind the scenes of like Hollywood, for yeah. example, I don't know. I don't think it was any better in the '60s than it well, is I've, now. The the experience that I enjoyed about this film was the whole Hollywood mm. scene. Yeah, they did they did an exceptional job at getting back the Hollywood, mm. putting the 1960s Hollywood. And I think that that is because of Quinson. Mm. Like that, honestly, Quinson, so just to give you some background as to Quinson Tarantino as a director, right? So he has in, he's been making films since the year 1992. That's when his first full ca film came out as a director. I'm talking now his director, directorial career yeah. so in 1992 his first film came out that was reservoir dogs so he's been making mm. films since 1992 that's a long time ago right that's yeah. like what like 30 years now so he's been making films for the last 30 years how many films do you think a director can make in 30 years you know like we've seen like i don't know like they can you can do a lot in 30 years right quentin tarantino has only made 10 films in his since 1992 he's only made 10 films which for me number one immediately straight up shows he's not in it for the money that's not his reason for making me obviously it's it comes with it but it, it's that's he's there for passion and he will he will spend as much time necessary as possible to bring his vision to life in the best possible way possible if you understand what i'm saying yeah. so like his respect for whatever he's doing whatever story he's telling he respects it greatly and he wants to you know do whatever he can so for example with this movie he spent five years writing the script five years sure. writing the script nothing else not pre-production not story but writing the script the script yeah that the thing that you know they'll quickly get done in i don't know like half a year six months five years he spent five and also he mm. writes his own scripts yeah. he's, he's that he's so into like mm. everything so i think that's why what number one i love him i but think it said written and directed written and it's and it's always yeah. the case with him yeah. um so the this is his latest pro project as to date so this was mm. brought out in 2019 we haven't had a film from quentin tarantino um since i really hope he's going to make another one because I, I saw an interview with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt uh, where the, the interviewer said, how do you feel if, if he only makes 10 films, This you were in the ninth of the 10th film, if you understand. No, actually, they were in the 10th. Yeah, they were in the... 
Do you understand? Mm. It's like the final. Mm. So I'm really hoping like. Well, I was thinking about just just in this film alone, I was looking at all the sets, the setup. Yeah. The, and it's like three hours long. Mm. So that 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 alone is very time consuming. Mm. The organizing, the arranging, the shooting. And, you know, a shoot doesn't go 100% smooth, you know. You don't like shooting real time. You sometimes do quite a couple takes of of, of a specific shot. You, yeah. I love in the film when it like kicked into the movie mode. Ah, I love the way they did it. It was beautiful. And it, it wasn't like a warning. There was no warning. Before. It wasn't like okay, let's get ready, guys. And Action. Uh, no. It would be like the actor would be sitting there, and the next minute, bah, you see them driving. The only way that that I recognize that they're in the film now, uh, I think, was the coloring. And I think was you didn't see any equipment. Yes. And then you see him walking. And also like the music was very precise. Yes. Like you could hear. And even how they. And the, then just out of nowhere, it's like, sorry, uh, why was my line yes. again? Do you know? Do you know? Okay, wait. Can we please talk about that scene? So that scene where Leonardo forgets his lines mm. wasn't originally written like that. And Quentin Tarantino is not a director for improv. He doesn't like improv. Makes sense. Oh, really? He spe- Ryan, you spent five years on a script. Now an actor, a little dweeb actor comes. Can I change? No. I spent three years on that line. No, you will say it exactly. Oh, Do you get what I'm saying? Wow. I understand where Quentin's coming from. Okay. I get you. For all of those writers out there that are like, yeah, mm. yeah. So he he's not in, he's not big into improv. But so not even if it like adds on to his... So, so his what they did with this scene is they actually filmed it twice. They filmed it the way it was originally written. So mm-hmm. Quentin got what he what he wrote, basically. And then they Leonardo basically said... Can I forget my lines? Because he he felt like as an actor and in um and you know for the yes because he's drunk stage. his career is like failing he's got mm. b- a really bad self image um it's it's like really like he's he's at a really big low in his life and he was like I, for me it makes sense for him to forget his lines because he spent like the whole night drinking type even though he learned his lines he was drunk etc etc so they then did it and that was completely improvised by Leo like the whole mm. thing was improvised by leo even the scene afterwards when he goes to his trailer and like gives himself the pep talk of his life yeah and in that scene can before i continue when he talks to himself in the mirror i loved how he didn't talk to himself he actually spoke spoke to to the the camera camera. because his reflection was Mm. looking at the camera i was just and it didn't Ah, it, it didn't make sense. The no, angle, but, but it made sense. But, but you, cl- it like, was like this is this this like, is what right, I'm talking about. Right, this right, is right, like right. this is Quentin Tarantino mm. at his best. So that was completely improv on Leo's mm. side. But it was, br- and obviously Quentin mm. went with it because like that good was so good. So yeah. I think he does. He's got respect for the story, and yes, if it's mm. going to improve it, yes. But he's not just going to be like you know. He, I think he he will still film what he originally wrote, and if he feels that he is better, yeah. It. Yeah, because but that scene was insane. It was so good. The camera angles, the chops, the changes, yes. all of that. And the way I loved when when they stopped, the camera then went back and they retook. And you, no, but the, yeah. did you hear the sound effects? You could hear the equipment squeaking when the camera oh, was yes, going yes, back. Yes, 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 yes. But in the actual take, there were, it was there was silence. It yeah. was so even that yeah. detail. Like it was, it was so cool. Yeah. It was brilliant. Mm. That that whole sequence was so good. Leonardo DiCaprio's. I, I must oh. say, this has been the best, best that, that yes. I've seen him. Yes, his acting in this is because brilliant. It was. At the point that I didn't recognize Leonardo DiCaprio, his accent, the way he spoke, I, I didn't. Th- there was now and then where there was sort of like this this bit of a slip of of Leonardo DiCaprio in in his vocal tone, 
but it, like even his vocal like it reminded me of um like a real western mm. actor mm. and how strong his american uh, it, it was just no he was so good oh, and he played word. the thing is he was also playing different roles within yeah. the film because he was an actor and he wasn't a very good actor his actual character itself wasn't actually that's why he didn't make his character was kind of like yeah you know he had to go do spaghetti westerns in order to like up his career but type of thing mm. so he in itself the, the the character itself wasn't a good actor but then he had to play like this actor's different roles. So it wasn't just playing the bad actor, or not yeah. bad, but like failed actor in a way. He was now playing the, and it was so good. He was so good. Yeah. Yo, he was brilliant. I'd definitely say, uh, I'm just thinking about Brad Pitt's acting as well. I took quite a couple mm. times to remind myself, this is Brad, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yes. This is Brad Pitt. Oh. And he's just so chilled in the way that like he's just going along with things. And, and even like the way he drives differently with Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. car to his car. Yeah. Like you even see like, it was so good. Mm. And honestly, mm. the acting was even Margot Robbie's acting. <gasps> Can I just say, I know... Personally, she's not one of my favorite actresses. Like, I'm not big, especially because, like, also the roles she plays sometimes. Do you know she's Barbie in, in you know, the Barbie, the live-action Barbie uh, film? Really, that yeah. She's playing Barbie. And after watching her performance again in this, I'm like, okay, you know what? I actually do want to see. She's a, Margot Robbie is a good actress. She, she's got a very wide range. But just her, the way she played Sharon Tate as this, she was so nice. And she was so, like genuine and she didn't do a lot of talking she did she that's the, the there insane was just a part. lot of this um, yeah like but also the fact like people also slated her screen time they said she had too little screen time and i personally don't i think what Qu quinton tarantino did with the whole thing mm. was he really he he honored the actress that sharon tate was in fact um her sister her actual sister apparently the she she her shirt had two wet spots because of how much she cried when she watched the film uh. and she said she literally felt like for the first time in 50 years she had her sister back mm. that's how good margot robbie was with the role but mm. she was brilliant the scene in the cinema with her watching herself yeah. was so was so good mm. it was so mm. good and i don't know for you like it's a thing with Quentin Tarantino. If you watch his film, you are going to say see female bare feet. That is a thing. Yeah. You are literally so like on the yeah. windscreen with the hippie, but then also in the cinema with Margot Robbie. With her feet as well. And I don't know if you yeah. noticed her feet were dirty. I don't know if you picked that I up. I want to talk about the hippie, but no, so not not her, not the oh, hippie, Margot Robbie oh, in the cinema. Oh, I didn't notice her. Her feet were her dirty, feet were, right? Were dirty, now, yeah. the reason why her feet were, were dirty is actually because in real life, Sharon Tate didn't like wearing shoes. She really didn't enjoy wearing shoes. Yeah. She like, if she if she could not be wearing shoes, she wouldn't have been mm. wearing shoes. Apparently, she didn't like wearing shoes so much that she would wear rubber bands on her feet to give the illusion of wearing sandals while eating out at restaurants. Oh, that's crazy. So, like, even that, the, and the, clever, her, her feet would then be dirty because yeah. I was still like, she's wearing white boots. Yeah. Why are her feet dirty? Yeah. But, like, the, the, the attention to detail, the detail to character was so good. I was going to say, the thing that Quentin uh, got right is his amount of research that he yes. actually, like the detail that he put into into this entire film, mm. you know, uh, and that's probably what brought each character to life. And it's probably what made uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo such good actors is mm. because they weren't playing 
Leonardo. They weren't playing Brad Pitt. No. They were playing those characters. Characters, yeah. Because I know that in the one interview that I saw with Quentin and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Quentin said to, to Leonardo, uh, go check out this character. This is the guy I want you to play. And the next day, Brad Pitt, ca- uh, Leonardo came back and said, oh my word, this guy, yes. did you know, da, 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 I want to do this. We can do it. I can take this. So like they, he played the character. He didn't sort of no. play his version of the character. He he did exactly. And, and, and I think that's what made the, this mm. thing work so well. Mm. For me, I know there's the arguments of no, but each character should, you know, bring a little bit of themselves actor sorry should bring a little bit of themselves into the ca- i don't believe they should I do that. that you're portraying either. someone else you're so telling a be story them. Yeah, yeah you're telling a story that's that's why i know if leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in a film i'm like this is going to be good and brad pitt yeah the two of them are the same and can he's such an old school quentin tarantino uh, though, though the fact that he was the first director to bring these two guys have they been in films together before probably i i, I can't imagine why not but like the fact that they are because i feel like they're both as equal a lead as each other i know brad pitt won for best supporting role yeah. he won um i think it was an oscar for this but like for the, the they were a duo they they literally were what you call a dynamic duo like can the two of imagine, them together can you just imagine watching them two act together oh it must have been well watching it on like watching the movie was was it was so Honestly, sure, this film. I'm sure the production. I, I'm sure they got so many times at the end of a scene, people would have like applauded. Yeah, stood up and applauded <sighs> because it was brilliant. Like, wow! Now I'm saying during filming. No, yes. Like just why? What you know type of thing. Do you know that this film though? So on set, I agree. But when it was first premiered, it got a seven-minute standing ovation afterwards. Seven-minute mm. standing ovation, nah, and so I would have been there. Also, on top of that, so this film is, I think, what is it? Three hours. It's two hours and fifty-two. Two and a half. But two, two. no, it's three. It's closer to three I, than two and a half. I, I believe yes. So yeah. I, I believe it's two hours thirty-nine minutes. 37 or 39. Do you know the the original first cut by the editor was four hours and five minutes, right? I would have... I This is the first movie I've ever gone. I wish I could watch that cut. Yeah. I want to see the four-hour version of this film. I would love to as well. The, uh, the, and the, I'm not... I'm not like Just purely because it's like every shot, every it's sequence... In- yes, it's intentional. It's so rich. Oh. Like it's so tasty. It's mm. not just there to, you know, fill up screen time. It's yeah. not that. It's... Oh, it was so... I really wish they released the original uncut four-hour version of this film because yeah. I would watch it. I would so watch it. I would... And I'd... Even after watching mm. the film again, I would rewatch everything. It was so good. And what's crazy is that this is like... It's not a film where, there, where there's a lot happening. Mm-mm. You're just watching like... What is it? Like two or three stories, right? Yeah. Like... Just... Play, and even like, Margot like Robbie's story is not they don't she doesn't have a lot of mm. story and it's not to like her you, it's not like you quite understand no you know okay this actor's doing this that actor's there no, 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 and they're telling stories mm. and you're just like watching it. it it's not it's not like you're like okay are these actors is this gonna ha-? you're just watching mm. the daily life of this person I mean and there's certain things that don't even add on to the story yeah it's just there but you know what I love? I love how Quentin, he took a real life story and told it, you know, how no, like 
think about it. If the average person, right, most people, if they had told the story, even if they didn't want to kill Sharon Tate, what would they have done? They would have taken it from Sharon Tate's perspective. You would have followed Sharon Tate from the beginning. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. And then she wouldn't have died in the end and it would have just been a happy... They, they, he didn't do that. He, he had her in it, but it was told from the perspective of an actor who basically represents the old way of how film was done with the mm. westerns and that type of acting yeah. and that type of look because those actors had a specific look and then he he took uh her, what what Sharon Tate represented was like the new way of doing things in the film industry you know where it wasn't really the westerns it was you know other type of of films and how what should have happened was she should have, you know, like joined with the old way of film being brought together and that would have like raised up the film industry, but that she was cut short of that because she was murdered. But instead of now doing that, he actually shows in Leonardo DiCaprio's character and her character coming together at the end what the film industry like could have been. Jonathan, but he yeah. told a story where he didn't tell the story. he Instead, he took the story and allowed another story to be created that then sort of told that story, fixed that story, but you had a whole other, you know, with Brad Pitt and with, with Leonardo DiCaprio, like that whole... It was just... he added, His mind, the way Quentin Tarantino's mind works is... Is like, you know yeah. how complicated Christopher Nolan's mind is? Mm. Like, Quentin Tarantino's mind's not complicated, but it's brilliant. It's like the, the way he tells the story and like brings, even like, you know how Leonardo DiCaprio is the actor, Brad Pitt's the stunt double. Yeah. And what happens in movies, you have all, the stunt double does all the heavy lifting. Like, all of the heavy lifting is the stunt double. And then you just have the actor at the end come out and be like, yeah, that was me. I just like, quarter building and like flute do you understand what i'm saying but like actually it was the stunt double and how at Mm. the end with the murders brad pitt actually did all of the work and then leonardo at the end just came out with his flamethrower and was like kill die sucker and like took all the glory you know for for the murders but actually like even Mm. the way he did that like he he showed how a stunt double and actor's relationship works yeah like that it, he just blows my mind like mm. honestly he was it was brilliant and even the song at the end of the film that I didn't pick this up this I got in research but the song at the end of the film is a song from Judge no I'm lying no yes the music after Cliff kills the intruders and the police arrive and Rick goes to meet Sharon Tate is from the life and times of Judge Roy Bean directed by by John Huston and starring Paul Newman in the title role and it's appropriate because the title card at the beginning of that movie is maybe this isn't the way it was it's the way it should have been which is exactly what Quentin Tarantino is saying is this is how it should have been so like even that small detail is is just yeah it's it's beautiful mm. it's like also i don't know if you picked this up but you know when margot robbie goes to watch herself um in cinema yeah um they they obviously show the film that she's in and i was watching it and i was like that's not margot robbie yeah. that is not my Mar- it actually wasn't that is the original sharon tate I so that so. is the actress that was murdered yeah that was her um in that whatever she was acting I in so. yeah so yeah. I, I was still like who is that because mm. at the time when i was i don't know did you know it was about sharon tate's murder i don't even know who that was you see mm-hmm. so the chick that was in that movie yeah. she was actually murdered the one, the one yeah, was murdered. yeah so i was still looking closely i'm like trying to look find a resemblance 
He was like, what? I'm like, is that her watching herself? Because I, I, yeah, I, I kind of didn't get when she uh, got to, you know, there where she has to buy a ticket. Yes. And then like, she didn't buy a ticket. She's like, what if I'm in the movie? And then it was like, you mean, well, no, no, that's what I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's who, that, that, that's me. And yeah. I was trying to, because you, you don't know much about her because all you've seen is her moving around. And then that, then from that, I can't like, I was just like, wait, is that her in the film? <laughs> Is that really her in, in the, the film? film? Or is that her trying to sneak into a movie house and yeah. that type of thing? So. so no, that that's what was happening there. Also, you know, there was a flashback where Rick Dalton is um, training to use the flamethrower. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, and then he recoils from the heat it generates. Yeah, that's right. That was Leonardo's genuine reaction to the flamethrower. Oh, really? And um, Quinton thought it was funny and then left it in the movie. So that's actually, he, that was him actually really reacting so the to the heat. So the guy behind that was training and he was like uh no it's a flamethrower Thrower, yeah so that was also him saying no dude it's a flame flamethrower mm. yeah must have been hey? yeah which is and then also i loved how um so you know the the hippie the the chick that plays the hippies were weird can they i just state that weird. they were just so weird but i i enjoyed sure. austin butler you know he austin butler who played tex yes, he's elvis he's now so. yes so um mm. but i i loved how so m- her name's margaret's quali she played the the hippie that brad pitt gets in the car she yeah. puts her feet on the windscreen which mm. was really gross but she had armpit hair i know she grew she actually grew out her so armpit Real, uh, <laughs> that's not like way. fake hair that they just like you know put on her arm that was her wow. actual but i i appreciated it because that's what hippies would have done you that's know crazy. they were like really true to the and then also i thought this was so cool so the columbia picture pictures release intro at the beginning of the film right that is authentic for the 1960s it was recycled from an unknown columbia columbia pictures film from the same period and wasn't even remastered in order to keep it from its scratch, slightly faded look. The only nod to um, m- the modern times is the digital edition of the Sony name at the bottom of the screen. Sony acquired Columbia Pictures in the early 1990s and as an additional piece, Columbia Pictures television arm of the era, Screen Gems is also name checked in the film. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So that opening Columbia Pictures logo was an original take of the 1960s. Like original. Like they just cut it out and, you know, put it in the film. Yeah. And then Ryan. Ryan. First, like first, like maybe minute of the film. Wilhelm scream. I heard it. It was cool, right? Right there, I heard it. <laughs> Which is I also... It was like the first shot almost. Yep. You're like, ah! That's also a thing ah! that Quentin Tarantino does. He often puts the, the Wilhouse screen yeah. in, in... I think, I'm sure, maybe all of his films. Mm. But he does... Quentin Tarantino considers himself one of the luckiest directors in history of Hollywood to be able to cast Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt at the same time. So it's not the first time, Good but cost. it's it's it mm. would be difficult to get the two of them. What a brilliant cast! Yeah, no, it, it was it was such a good yeah. cast. Even the little girl, you mm. know, the little girl that I'm talking about, she was brilliant as well. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that scene with with her and Leonardo um, yeah. talking together. That was it was yeah, it was really good. And also, 
Leonardo DiCaprio was so eager to work with Quentin Tarantino again um, and to keep within budget, he took a 25% pay cut from his usual $20 million salary just to be in the film. So Leonardo actually took a, a pay cut so mm. that he could, he could be in this mm in this movie he obviously was in Django Unchained that's the the very famous scene where yeah. he breaks his ha- he, he breaks the glass and then cuts his hand yeah, yeah. which was that was uh, that was before this hey? that was before this yeah, yeah so he definitely wanted, wanted yeah I would want to work with Quentin cool. Tarantino he's like want, he's amazing yeah, yeah. I would want uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor definitely in my film. yeah mm. they're also so they Quentin Tarantino is also not a big fan of CG so what they did was um the, they they actually there's a section of LA's Hollywood freeway it's called the US 101 it was completely shut down from 12 p.m to 2 p.m for a sequence populated with period cars because obviously they needed like the 1960s I'm sure it was where Brad Pitt was driving along the freeway um so yeah. and no no VFX were used to create yeah, that sequence right. so mm. they literally shut down the whole freeway got only period cars mm. onto the freeway and then they filmed it like that it was about six blocks yeah about six blocks that they used. They even changed to the postcards in the shops. It, uh, the, even the signage. And the signage. The 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 the, produ- the, the, the production designer, whoever that person was. Mm. Oh, they were so good because yeah. even the houses, even his trailer, he had a chessboard sticking out of one of the. I was just like, someone, someone was like, we need a chessboard right there. Can the I get a? The one shot that I really loved was when Leonardo DiCaprio was in the pool. Floating on the yes. top. I don't know if you noticed how uh, exceptionally well lit it was. Yeah. Um, and I was actually watching an interview like a long time ago with this other kid that did some 3D work and that shot inspired him. And what he literally did was he shot it in the day. Doesn't know what they did in the film, but he looked at it and he thought it was like a day for night shot because of how well lit, lit it was. Sure. I was just re-looking at it again because the the pool was like super nice and blue yeah and like the area around it wasn't complete in complete darkness there was like quite a bit of light so yeah. there's just look out for that shot there's some cool work that was done there with that with the lighting yeah yeah and then okay this is the last thing there's so much to speak about this film mm. like there's so much there's this film Oh, it is definitely on my favorite film. <gasps> this film is this film is, an this film is what a film is supposed to. This is the yeah. standard, people. If your film does not meet the standard, maybe you shouldn't release it. Yeah. I'm just Although saying. Although if it doesn't have the swearing in, that's okay. Yeah, the swearing no, but the everything else. But just remove the the swearing. This film, I would say, would was, be it's perfect, yeah. a perfect, a perfect film, mm. perfect. So while scouting for locations, Tarantino visited the Lee Van Cleef's home. Don't know who that is, but he visited them. And while there, he noticed a giant poster of Van Cleef's face hanging in his own garage. And Tarantino thought this was both funny and strange and decided to give Rick Dalton the same thing in his driveway, which was that big that picture poster. of Leonardo DiCaprio, which was so funny. I remember that shot. Um, you know how it starts? Yeah. It's very it, in the beginning of the film. It's not the beginning of the film, but it's in the beginning. That slow pan out of his face into the car. And then you see Brad Pitt and Leo get in. And then like, I remembered that so clearly, but that, yeah. that poster, imagine having a picture of yourself in your driveway. It was, it's just so true to Hollywood though I as well. I think it is the Hollywood thing. Yeah, it's so Definitely true too. Definitely of that day. And uh, the radio, the radio that was always playing yes, the music. And yes. they kept mentioning 
this is KPM and greatest. And then they would have the music like yeah. playing while they're driving, you know. It's really just an, like the whole The whole film's an experience. Uh, even an their experience. choice of like the, 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 the frame size, like wh- how they... You know, when it was the black and white 60s, mm. like, interview, you know, the only, there was, like, square on the screen. Mm. And then, like, they even the ratio, the way they changed the ratio yeah. and the color. And the, the color of the, the yellow. Mm. Like, the yellow was so... The, in the set design, like... You his, Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt's outfit. yellow. But even Leonardo mm. had the the purple... Like, the, the other set was different shades of yellow, but yellow was so 60s. Yeah. It was so 60s. And then Margot mm. Robbie's yellow outfits, and yeah. it was... It was brilliant. Mm. Costume yeah, design, the, brilliant. The the production designer even looked down like what um, what Quinton really appreciated about the production design is that so she lived in LA. She 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 understood the history and everything about it. Where they even looked down to so you'll see there the, there's quite a couple of shots where like uh, the one actor would look out the window with the curtains. They would even look go down to what curtains, curtains would, yeah. would a guy of from that whatever that background uh have in his windows for example uh the the whole field oh, and, it's, and it must have been cra- crazy they had to reinvent the 60s like mm. that seems uh, i read a fact somewhere that the houses that they filmed in at first when they wanted to put like fixtures on it to make it look more 60s and apparently the owners weren't happy they were like no nah. but eventually no. they they got permission to do it after filming the the owners didn't want to take the fixtures so they down because they liked mm. what it did to the house yeah. and uh, almost like the it was it was accurate to the 60s time period so they actually left those fixtures up yeah so something i I also appreciate about the film is that today if you listen to 60s music you're like yeah 60 but this film the the 60s music just felt so alive hey you're just like ah to live in the 60s i wasn't i wasn't even there don't even know what it was like but oh to be alive in the 60s i love how at the one at at the playboy mansion uh how they made the the audio sound of the music Mm. you could hear how it was playing over the loud music Yes. Uh, over the loudspeakers. Yeah. And the way they were dark, like it was just really well put together. My my last favorite thing about this film was the black Porsche. Oh yes. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, the yeah. vintage black Porsche mm. that Marco Robbie got to drive. Yeah. I was like, "There's a beautiful car <laughs> right there." <laughs> yeah. No, this film, honestly, I can say it's it's definitely on my list of favorite films. And I actually want to go watch. I've watched three of um, Quentin Tarantino's 10 films. I want to go watch all of them. Was um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, was that? Also? No, that wasn't Quentin Tarantino. Oh, he did um, Kill Bill, Kill Bill right. Pulp Fiction. Kill Bill had um, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Yeah, I've watched Kill Bill. Jackie that's, Brown. That's pretty good. Death Proof. The Hateful Eight was mm. before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think I've seen that. Django Unchained I've watched. Yeah. yeah. And then Inglorious. We actually did uh, Django. Mm. And oh. Inglorious. Yes. Inglorious dot dot dot. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> so go look out for those shows. Yeah. Mm. And we have a good film coming next week. I have a funny story that yes. goes with it. So she's so already got it. I got it. Yeah. I, it found me. I did not find mm. it. It literally found me. So you want to... <laughs> <laughs> Truly, truly, truly found me. <laughs> but so this has been the movie show on Active FM. Until next week. Cheers. Hi, uh, my name is Johan Kruger. I'm with Creation Ministries International, and you're listening to Active Affirm.